Are we rolling or are uh, we? I, well, I am rolling, but I, we haven't officially started yet. So, yeah, we should probably get going. All right. uh, wait, wait, are intro. we transporting from the car, the van to here, like we did last time? Well, it'll be from, from here to the car, but it'll be time travel. We can bring okay. that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. All right, cool. All right. Uh, hell, George, do you want to intro? You might end up introing every time you're on here. Introing. <laughs> organized chaos podcast is brought to you by gems art studio this podcast is also brought to you by listeners like you thank you welcome to another organized chaos podcast your host is Bob. Wait. He's over here. Wait. I, no, I don't know no, which direction no. this is going. Yeah, yeah. He's right there. Yeah. Wait. Who? What? <laughs> there he is. I'm pointing in the right direction now. There's yeah, a little bit off. of delay here. So I'll let, I'll let Bob do some. Hold on. Let me do my impression of Hassan. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Doing very well. So we're talking about a band today, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. We are doing a different episode than normal. We will be talking about uh, an obscure little band. Yeah, um, they're kind of indie. Like, yes, yes, know, they're very indie. Yeah, like a, probably bunch of, more... uh, like a bunch of art students. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Andy Warhol designed all their album sleeves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Trippy. They, they? they do. Oh, yeah. Yes, we will be talking about Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah, this episode, we're going to be doing our complete Pink Floyd album ranking, and then we're going to be doing our uh, review of Wish You Were Here. Can you even see the full shirt? The band uh, Wish You Were more Here. Less, more or less, more or less, more or less. Almost yes, wore uh, my Pink shirt. Floyd, a Pink Floyd tribute band. Yeah, your shirt sucks. What's up with that? So. Your shirt <laughs> but uh yeah i wish you were here as a pink floyd tribute band from uh cleveland yes right bobby yeah they were from yeah they they put on a hell of a show too they won (laughs) yeah really great night (laughs) yeah pretty amazing Uh, but yeah we're gonna be talking about their concert at the end uh this is gonna be kind of like the genesis one but a bit different because the genesis one we did an album ranking then went to the uh the show and now we've already gone to the show, but now we're going to do the album ranking. So 
uh, we're going to travel back in time for the end of this video. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> real quick, guys, uh, how were you guys at least working or at least had some like groundwork done to your album ranking before we went to the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how much of it I, I had a rough album after, ranking. It changed made a little you, bit. Yeah, so after, yeah, after the show going, like, huh, I got to kind of rethink some of that. Like, mm, nothing. I don't know if the show made me rethink any of it, but okay. I, I did do last minute re-listens, and I adjusted a couple of things. Because okay. there's a couple that, like I like I was telling you guys, my, my 6 through 11 are all really close. Yeah. I feel like my last four are pretty solid, and then my 6 through 11 are kind of... Uh, really close and then my one through five are pretty solid one through... yeah. i was pretty confident on this i've probably heard every single one of these albums at least a thousand times over <laughs> so... yeah well no like definitely like the ones towards the end of the list for me are probably ones i've maybe listened to maybe a half dozen times that being said it's probably more than i've listened to most live albums so <laughs> yeah like even like stuff like uh uma guma like i used to put it on all the time when going to sleep so i've definitely Definitely for yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably the best usage for Umakuma, <laughs> and it's a good usage. There's nothing wrong yes, with sleep. Nothing it, wrong it's with weird. bedtime it, music. <laughs> no, we'll we'll get to it because like individually, I actually think those songs are okay. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I I guess we're ready to just dive right into album ranking. Uh, oh, let me get some. I got the numbers. So we're we're starting with number fifteen, right? And then we're yes. working our way up. Yes. Uh, and then I'll I'll bring up the name of the of uh, people like I have myself, George, and Bobby. Yes. I'll bring up the name, and then when I bring up your name, go ahead and uh, bring up your pick for that spot. Uh, actually, where's a piece of paper? I thought something fun could be could be done where I could actually keep track of everybody's pick and then at the end go do like a quick recap which is just essentially the average of all our picks and do like an overall I thought that'd be interesting okay I need, uh, pen and paper for that oh yeah you know, I could probably just do it on my phone <laughs> this is gonna be an interesting one is I think the lists are gonna be vastly different yeah I think there is gonna be variation yeah because I, I will tell you I know George and I are more aligned on momentary than Bobby is, but I know Bobby and I are more aligned on animals than I am with George. So yeah, so they're going to be some. We're going to have variations. We're going to although no. um, Bob, you and I were pretty close on the Genesis one, minus a few albums. I know. I was not expecting. I know. That, so so the three of well, us I might. Be... Our... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the three of us might be more aligned than we think, but we'll see. Yeah. It's, yeah. see. it's 100% possible. We'll see. I just remember when we got to Genesis and we each got to our top five and there are literally four albums neither one of us had talked about yet. It's like, it's, that's pretty closely aligned. It's right? obvious <laughs> which ones we're getting yeah. to yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So are we ready to get rolling? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So whose name is going to be first? And oh, God damn it. <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, all right. So my number 15. Uh, helps if I bring up this one. Uh, my number 15 is Umaguma. Uh, it doesn't... Uh, as far as picking favorite tracks, there's a couple I could have gone with. I went with The Narrow Way Part 3. But, I mean, there are good tracks on here, but it, like, is much as Pink Floyd albums sound like like albums and experiences, this really doesn't. It. it really feels like a collection of songs. 
And going into a little bit of the history that I was studying, uh, essentially each band member took us took over a side of this album and kind of just did their own thing with it, which is why it feels that way. But yeah, I this is probably the album I've listened to the least. And it's it is fine. It is absolutely fine. But if I'm looking to plug in a Pink Floyd album, it's almost never, ever going to make it. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, next. George. <sighs> All right. So, I'm doing something similar with the Genesis ranking. So. Oh, oh, I should have just left that picture up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh let me make sure I got that in frame. Uma Guma. Um, or is it Umaguma? Does anyone know? I think it's pronounced both I, ways. I don't know I've care. always heard it as Umaguma. Okay. But I've also hear, heard it like different parts of that album, like the Grand Vizier. But I've also heard it pronounced the Grand Fussiers. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just yeah. mm. Oh, you brought vinyl to play with too. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I only have one vinyl Pink Floyd. Yeah, so. um, <laughs> I got it right here. My my prize Pink Floyd album. Wait a minute. Big Bambi. Bam, big Bamboo. Yeah, great. Big Bamboo. <laughs> Chi Chi Chong. Nice. <laughs> With paper. Um, so I, I did a little digging on this one, too. And I think I mentioned this to you guys at the show. Actually, this was a platinum album in the United States, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. That's in, in my uh, notes. Yeah. Kind of there says it's like a special buy because it has the live album. So well, maybe it was kind of mm-hmm. like one of those deal things where like, Hey, I'm getting two albums for the price of one. And I also wanted yeah. to point mm-hmm. out that Roger Waters girlfriend at the time is on the sleeve, but she is not that... on later pressings like the CDs. Ah, so, huh. um, one, <laughs> like Bob said, it's totally fine. Um, Pink Floyd solo stuff for me, like I always felt that they're better than the sum of their parts. Were is that the right saying? They're they're better. You mean they're better together than apart? Better as a collective, and yes. Well, they. I think the band did perform all these pieces, but um, it's just uh, it didn't felt like it was. I don't even know what I'm trying to say about this album. <laughs> there's a yeah, lot. It, it, what I will say, there's a lot of good sound experiments, which I think was very important to the evolution of their sound. So this was kind absolutely. of like taking a step away from the Sid era and kind of exploring um, other types of genres, sound experiments. Um, favorite track on this is the opening track syphilis syphilis part one <laughs> which is probably syphilis. as it's <laughs> probably as it's like a it's like a greek um remind me it sisyphus part one it, it's a greek term and i'm brain farting on what that means but anyways it's about as close as they ever got to sounding like a horror soundtrack just a very, very interesting opening piece. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed several species, believe it or not, I think is a highlight on here. 
just a weird yeah. early example of kind of electronic music and tape manipulation and so yeah yeah that, that's it was definitely the band there's a lot of albums where you can tell they're finding their sound but yeah, yeah this this i felt like was a last step before they really started finding it mm. yeah live album is great however but i know we're just kind of talking about oh, the yeah. studio <laughs> oh yeah there, the so. live album is just magnet all of floyd met live is magnificent but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> All right. Uh, I believe it's you, Bobby. All right. Number 15 for me. I have it all paged out here. So, uh, yeah. So, um, the funny thing that I've always noticed about this band is the more I come back to it, I'll either find something new about it, but rarely I'll come back to something and I'll find something that I just kind of really don't like. And it's, uh, the soundtrack album more. Uh, that is my number 15 pick. Um, it, it, it's good, but I felt that it was lacking in just kind of like it because they're still kind of experimenting and getting what sound they want and shaking loose the uh, the old Sid Barrett ways and Rogers just starting to get the reins. So it's more of a transitional and I hear it. There's a lot of good stuff on there, but just I guess nothing that really pulls me i mean there's like the nile song is mm-hmm. about the only thing i can that i consider good on there or at least just i mean it's all good but just biggest takeaway for me would be that one because it's just kind of a really heavy driven guitar song and that's about yeah all the notes i have on it other than that just kind of meh yeah. so number 15 <laughs> the nile uh random question has anybody actually seen the movie that this is a soundtrack to i have yes. not <laughs> No. Yeah. I've seen it. Oh, you have, George? Yeah. Oh. Um I have the the early years collection has a a set of Blu-rays and those movies are included. I did sit okay. down and watch them and uh they're very much of the time. They're, they're <laughs> very <laughs> Okay. The best way I can describe both of the movies, it's very drug heavy, very sixties. <laughs> alternative and it's just who would have thought that the soundtracks of those movies would become infamous and nobody has seen these movies <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> definitely become one of those things and now yeah. it's like more did you know there's a movie oh that's why it's called a soundtrack that's why I'm <laughs> yeah uh, i i definitely would only recommend watching them out of curiosity yeah all right, that brings us to number 14, and George, you're going to kick us off there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's me again, huh? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, you went first last time. Never mind. Yes. Yeah, we're going to cycle through weird, so uh, we take turns going first. Endless River. It's my number 14. Ah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, this is kind of... A similar concept to to Umaguma. Um, what this originally was going to be was uh, Division Bell was going to be a double album, and the second disc would be these kind of like more ambient instrumental type pieces. Um, so they scrapped that idea, and then they later came back to it and did updates and remixes, and that's kind of what this is. It's not like a true. Pink Floyd album. It's just kind of part of unreleased stuff from that era. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Again, it's it's great to put on when you're relaxing, getting ready for bed, or just kind of setting a mood. And yeah, the the tracks do flow really well together. Um, all instrumental minus lost for words. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite song on here, um, probably the Talk and Hawkin song, which is kind of like an early yeah. alternate take on Keep Talking with a Stephen Hawking's um, yeah. voice synthesizer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, quick correction you said Lost for Words, it's louder than words. Lost for Words is on Division Bell. <sighs> you are absolutely right. Thank you, Bob. So, (laughs) so yeah, no, it's fine. I'm glad that they released it because I I was always interested in hearing what this stuff sounded like. So, yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. All right. Uh, uh, Next up is Bobby. Uh, Actually, mine is the same. uh, Endless River. (laughs) Okay. Mm. Uh, It it it, again. It 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 serves its purpose as like 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 you had said, George. You know, just setting a mood. You want to put it on to relax, and it's nice, very ambient soundscapes that are, you know. It, and I'm and again, I'm also happy that it was able to come out in full fruition. It's not like full Pink Floyd, but mm-hmm. it's really nice. And you know, yeah. of course, you know, louder than words is also still very much in that same style. I mean, uh, David's wife Polly Sampson wrote it, so or wrote the lyrics to it, so. And she did also come in on the division bell and wrote a lot of lyrics for um, most of the material on there, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I, I found that out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that would be my uh, number fourteen choice. All right. Yes, number fourteen. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. I actually know this one. Uh, next up would be my number fourteen. And that is going in almost drastically the other direction from you guys. I'm going with Saucer Full of Secrets for my number 14. Blasphemy. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, this is just such a this is such a mixed bag of an album. I feel like I really like the first half of this album, but the second half is like I couldn't tell you anything about the second half of this album at all. It's like four solid songs and then nothing. Um my favorite would have to be Set Controls for the Heart of the Sun, because awesome. Um, but yeah, Corporal Clegg's a fun one, too. I, I don't know, it's just... I talked about how like Pink Floyd albums are like experiences. This is the, the second one where it just doesn't feel as much like an experience. This is very much Sid left in the middle of this album. Um, he wasn't super involved, and eventually the band just stopped picking him up. And yeah, it's... You could just kind of tell they weren't sure what they're doing. Uh, and I feel like lots of times they're kind of trying to go for a Sid sound. Uh, which is really not the direction the band ended up going in, thankfully. But yeah, um, Saucer. It's just Saucer Full of Secrets, I guess I should say. I don't think I said the full title yet. But yeah, it just doesn't thrill me. But I like the highlights. Oh. All right. Number 13 and... Bobby, you are leading this one. Momentary lapse of reason. Blasphemy. Ouch. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> blasphemy. I knew it was coming. I, I'm, actually kid- I'm actually kidding, guys. 
Uh, number my number thirteen is a saucer full of secrets. Actually, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I I just I, I I couldn't resist anymore, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It actually upon re- review, it actually got a little higher tier. So we'll talk when we get there. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, the uh, I still like feel like this is the same thing with more like they were trying to shake and get that new sound and i really flip-flopped on whether to put piper here or this because of that but i mean well but i decided against putting piper here because that established that tone that sound but my only note about i say like thing is great is obviously set your uh, controls for the heart of the sun because this that song is the only recording to feature all five Pink Floyd members, as well as that whole album that has all Ooh. contributions from all five Pink Floyd members. So I feel I a little that. blasphemous for putting it on such a low tier because of that fact. Yeah. However, again, like, yeah, you, you brought up a lot of the same points, Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, almost makes you wonder what it could have been like if like all five of them were there, pulling their A game. I mean, yeah, Clegg is I feel like. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, because it feels like that one. Like you could tell, Sid is the band leader, and he is just not coming to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his big contribution is definitely Jug Band Blues on there, which is kind of a perfect ending to that album and almost kind of closing chapter on uh, that section of the band. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It, For sure. Interesting enough, Nick Mason says this is his favorite Pink Floyd album. Oh, I did not know yeah, that. I've one. heard that too. Yeah, and his mm-hmm. uh, his current band is called. It's also Full. called Nick Mason's A Saucer Full of Secrets. Right. I actually saw they were coming to town. Yeah. All right. So we're to my number thirteen. My number thirteen is something that's already been on here. It is more. Um. You could definitely tell they're kind of starting to find their sound. This is the first album they did without Sid Barrett, period. Um, And they're starting to find it, but it's not still not come together. I feel like they're trying to copy Sid probably a bit too much instead of going their own route, which is definitely what they eventually do. Um, I always like the song Cymbeline, though. I, I, I can catch myself humming that just randomly. It's definitely one of their most earwormy songs, probably, of their career, honestly, because that just pops in my head randomly. It is a no very, reason. very catchy song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Which one? Yeah. Cymbeline. Oh, yeah. Mm. Got to that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, outside that, nothing really... Like, that's the only song that sticks in my head, like, at all. For the most part, like I'll, I'll, I can listen to this and kind of enjoy it as it's going through. But like ten minutes later, like it's symbolized and then nothing else. <laughs> but uh, yes, that would be my number thirteen. And George. Okay. My number thirteen is Final Cut. Kind of a much later album here in the catalog. Yes. <laughs> um, that being said, I still really enjoy this album. It's unique in the catalog. Um, I think almost every track, maybe minus Not Now John, has the Michael Kamen Orchestra on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it the songs are actually really nice. Um, it just it flows nicely. It just... Uh, 
it doesn't always grab me though. And this is not one that I tend to put on regularly. So I try to kind of yeah. rank the albums in kind of like an order in which I listen to the most. So mm-hmm. still really like this album a lot, actually. Um, not now. John is definitely my favorite track, which also incorporates um, a little bit of one of the few, which I've always liked one of the few. Um, yeah. And um, a hero's return. It's just another highlight on here, but I guess another reason um, Rick Wright isn't on this at all. So kind of miss mm-hmm. hearing his keyboards because his keyboards are a big part of the Pink Floyd sound. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, but yeah, otherwise, really good album. Just kind of lower on my list. So, yeah, final mm-hmm. cut. For sure. Uh, and that brings us to number 12. And I believe I am leading this one. Yep. All right, so my number 12... Oh, gosh, I shouldn't even not write that picture. Yeah, my number 12 will be, spoiler alert, the final cut. Oh, not, yeah. didn't see that coming. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's actually, like, if I were to listen to these songs individually, I think they're decent songs. They sound a lot like Roger Waters' solo work, which, yeah, he dominated the crap out of this album. Um, Couldn't tell. And I like the individual songs, but... Oh my god, it, it feels like such an ego trip on Pink Floyd album. Like how how often did David's vocals even appear on this album? Backing or I feature? feel like almost never. Feature. No, no, there I believe that's mm-hmm. him dropping the F bombs at least at some point during Dear John. I think yeah. I think Or no, not now, John. I think not, not now, no, John, yeah. Not mm-hmm. now, John. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he does sing lead on that. And I think uh Roger Waters kind of sings the um, <laughs> post-chorus mm-hmm. sections. Yeah, kind yeah. of kind of like uh, comfortably numb, where they kind of trade off quite a bit on yeah. the song. Uh, I do really enjoy "Not Now, John," just just because of a chorus of them saying "fuck all that" is so much fun. <laughs> but my my actual pick was "The Gunner's Dream," which was just I thought was a cool trippy song. Um, and like I said, individually, these songs work. Um, kind of all together as an album, it really feels like so much Roger. Just intense Roger just going up his own butt. <laughs> um, you do miss Richard Wright because he, he would, Roger essentially kicked him out after the wall. And David Gilmore talks about how he really didn't like working on this album. And he was essentially kicked out during the production of the album, which is why he doesn't have production credit. Um, yeah, this was, you could tell this was not a fun album for them to produce, and it was just Roger doing whatever he wanted and not listening to anybody, which is like, yeah, that's cool for a solo career, but you're supposed to be doing a band thing now. But yeah, the final cut, it's got some songs. (laughs) George, you're number 12. Okay. Number 12, I picked uh, Obscured by Clouds or La Valley soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one actually is very interesting because you can kind of hear them start to transition into what became Dark Side. Because I think this only predated Dark Side by like a matter a of year. months. 
yeah, it, it was yeah. very close. Um, again, pretty good, but none of the songs were like really like grab a hold of me too much. But the opening track, Obscured by Clouds, is really cool. Um, has this really cool synth groove by Richard Wright. It's very cool. Um, and then the Free Four by um, Roger Waters on here is just this. It's the perfect blend of menacing and cheering at the same time, like so happy, but so brooding and mm. dark. It's like it's a very interesting juxtaposition of a song. Um, and Mudman, I really like the track Mudman. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, my kind of thoughts on this is very similar to more. It's which I'll get to shortly. It's, you know, fine for what it is. But you with the soundtrack albums, I don't really think they're like huge highlights, but they're still really good. And definitely worth listening to. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting to get into that middle section now. Uh, Bobby, you're number 12. Obscured by clouds. Oh my god, our <laughs> lists are matching up way more than I was expecting. I, 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 agree. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. more curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> Again, um, uh, that intro uh, with that synth, how it kind of starts off a little dark and menacing, and then like you know, Nick comes in with just the beats, David, kind of making it seem, and just transitions right into that next song where it's kind of just takes a whole new shape. Like it's a very interesting album. Um, it's hard to say the flow, but like you did burn up uh, the song "Free Four. That is just such a, it's such an interesting contrast. Yeah, <laughs> such a cheery, cheeriness. Uh, another one I uh, really enjoyed on there was uh, "What's the Deal?" A. Eh? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that. But yeah, again, just it, it's. A great album. It's nothing to like shake a nose at just because it's so lower on the list, but it, it, it's it, it's definitely a unique experience. It was something that an album that I came to later while listening to Floyd, but it, it, I'm happy I did. And yeah, I don't really have much anymore on it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So now we're moving on to number eleven. Number eleven. And George, you're leading us off. Okay, so number 11, I picked a soundtrack to more. (laughs) Again, like the soundtrack albums are really good. That's why they're not like dead bottom on the list, but they they kind of feel like they're for a project and not really what they would have put out if they were making these songs kind of apart from these films. But this one has a leg up on Obscured by Clouds because there's three tracks on here that I just absolutely love. Um, Cirrus Minor is a very, the opening track is just this very haunting, dark, kind of gives me chills every time I hear it type songs. Hmm. Um, the Nile song, which Bobby brought up earlier, very yeah. tar heavy. It's, one of the heaviest tracks in the catalog, I think. And like even David's voice on it's really aggressive and it's just a, such a unique track and it's so good. Um, and then there's a track on here called Quicksilver, 
which, you know, is them starting to get into very, very electronic ambient type stuff, which I think would help shape some of the things to come. But kind of reminds me of Tangerine Dream a bit, that song, uh, Quicksilver, like early Tangerine Dream. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. So, um, yeah, some of the songs on here are just kind of like short little experiments. You know, Cymbeline is really catchy, but but yeah. I, I like the variety of this one. It feels like there's different types of things on here and obscured by clouds is a little more straightforward. So I think this one's more of an interesting listen, at least for me. Okay. So. Mm. All right. Uh, Bobby. My, what is it? My number uh, 11? You're 11. Yes. Uh, Uma Guma. Okay, I was like, we didn't miss your Umaguma, did we? <laughs> no, no, we have not. <laughs> you were wondering where Umaguma was going to fall. Yeah, I just noticed that one has been brought up a third time. <laughs> well, yes, it fell into the 11 slot for me. Uh, now, I, I'm all definitely, I love the idea behind it and the concept of just each of them taking a side and kind of doing their own um if i had to pick a favorite out of all of it it would probably be the grand vizier's garden party Mm. (laughs) um you know and of course you know several uh, several small species uh (laughs) yeah it's experimentation and when bands take a chance i i i'm all there i'm there for it i'm there i i love it i'm i'm here for it but you know I just think it was kind of like a Marty McFly thing. Like maybe they just weren't ready for that just yet. <laughs> yeah, <You know>? probably. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about this album. But I'm, and of course, you know, the live stuff is just awesome. But yeah, Umaguma falls in here. This has to be like uh, probably you got to be in your right mood, right mindset, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. This is like you gotta just could be committed to listening to this album, <laughs> like knowing what you're getting into. Don't yeah, don't don't introduce uh-huh. a new fan to Pink Floyd yeah. on this one. I mean, if you want to really that could be fun though. <laughs> I mean, I say if you want to blow their mind, put like my t- my top three on for them. Mm. But that's just mean. <laughs> um, I will say Umaguma was the third Pink Floyd album I heard. So I did catch okay. it. I caught it a little early. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah, what I'm the... trying to think where it would be for me. <laughs> oh God, that was probably eighth or ninth for me. Yeah, probably something in the middle. I, I definitely I, heard it before Final Cut and more. I mm. definitely heard it long before I heard the soundtracks. I had only just heard Piper, and uh, like from the earlier days, it was just Piper. Because I, I think I listened to both of the 80s albums or the 90s, like uh, Momentary and Division Bell, long before I even listened to Adam Hart Mother or even Obscure by Clouds or uh, Saucer Full of Secrets. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I'm certain yeah. I did. I'm... Yeah, it took me until years later to get into like the uh, that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh. We are to my number 11. And yes. If I'm, I mentioned before, my 11 through 6 are all pretty close, and you're going to see that with this pick, because my pick here is Piper. Oh. Piper at the Gates of Dawn, specifically. Um, yeah. This is honestly a really solid album. Uh, I'm kind of surprised. I thought it would be higher up, but 
yeah, looking at the ones before, yeah, I kind of feel like this is where it goes, but it's good. This is the Sid Barrett album. He definitely had a direction for the band that isn't where it ended up going because obviously he didn't stay with the band. But it's like this really trippy, like, 60s era rock band that's like the opposite of straight edge. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so much drugs are involved with this album, but it's so much fun. Um, I don't know which one would be my favorite Astronomy Domain or Interstellar Overdrive. They're both fantastic songs, though, for very different reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I even enjoy Bike, which is possibly some of the dumbest lyrics ever but it just it's so dumb and entertaining it's fun it's fun <laughs> i do think the about rhymes the little gnome yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> i will say the lyrics are very clever they they tend oh, to get yeah. a little childish at times but the the rhymes that he came up for a lot of the lyrics are just very clever yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bobby are leading off number 10 oh the final cut. <laughs> um, yeah. For a lot of the same reasons that have been already aired, uh, you know, this one is definitely, it really did feel like an ego trip. And I mean, it, and a lot of it felt like they were revisiting old material, like kind of making a counterpart to the wall, which this album was originally, I believe, planned to be the soundtrack for the movie. But, you know, that later fell by the mm-hmm. wayside with various production issues. Where are they? Where they are? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but a lot of it was like, there was even like a few songs, I believe. I forget. I, I can't. I didn't write down the name of the song. But there is one on there that uh, is uh, supposed to be a continuation of the schoolmaster or of his story mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, very much an ego trip and kind of hard to hear it, like, get through at times. Like you had said, Bob, a lot of these are really great on their own. Like, yeah, they, they yeah. stand really strong on their own, but just, yeah. <laughs> it gets well, a little rough at points just because, like, it's it's just so ego- egotistic. Rogers being very egotistical and kind of, like, you get like, well, I get why, you know, you're they think of you as kind of a dick at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of glad you brought up how it sounded like the wall because a lot of this was uh, just kind of leftovers from the wall. Yeah. And part of David and Roger's disagreement was that David wanted to do more original stuff and not do so much leftover stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Roger was pissed at David because he wasn't bringing enough original stuff, which is also- it doesn't make sense to me, but knowing Roger's history, I definitely feel like David's giving us a more honest side of the story. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I will even with the wall, which I'll get more into why, why Richard, why they were, why Roger fired Richard right out of the band. Like, you know, at the time he was going through a divorce. So, you know, of course he's going to kind of just see mopey and, you know, not really. Yeah. Had mm-hmm. it, you know, like, yeah, it seems like, but like, yeah, but it appears to the bandmates that he doesn't give a shit. No, it's not that. Just, you know, he's just trying to put himself together. Like, <laughs> yeah, divorce takes a lot out of you. I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just interesting because like that's this is like this is also a point when you know he is noticeably absent from the the tracks, 
and mm-hmm. it's it, it's a bit jarring, yeah. So yeah. yeah, he he is missed in that album very but, much. But I mean, ultimately, I do rag on him a lot. I do love Roger Waters as a songwriter. I really. Oh do. yeah, no, I he he seems. I think I said before, Such he just, a prick of a human being, but yeah, he's, he seems, well, I, what I've seen, it seems like he might, I don't know if he has a mental thing or something, but it seems like he goes in flows where there's times where you can see him in an interview and he seems like the nicest guy in the world. And then times where he's in an interview and he seems like he has the biggest chip on his shoulder and he seems like an insufferable ass. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if, it's a bipolar thing or something. It I don't be. know anything, but yeah, Roger is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. Uh, let's see. You kicked off number. I 10, kicked off. Yeah, we're on number so. uh, tens now. I'm, tens. I'm pretty sure I am next. Uh, what was my number ten? I don't know. Oh, sure. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my number ten that one. is. Yeah, it's a first appearance on this list. Uh, Adam Hart Mother. Adam Hart Mother, I feel like, is part of a trilogy of albums where they're really, you hear them finding their sound. This and the next two albums are them finding their sound. They're not 100% there yet, but they're getting really fucking close. Um, They're experimental. They're playing around with noises, essentially. Figuring out how to make it sound the coolest. Getting very atmospheric. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoy this album. Um, what are my favorites? Oh yeah, If is catchy, but Adam Hart Mother Sweet is like awesome. Like, yeah, one of their 20 minute plus longer songs, which is just epic. Um, Imagine if that was the encore. (laughs) Yeah, well just, yeah. Featuring the Ohio uh, State Marching Band. That'd be fucking awesome. That would be amazing. That would be fucking awesome. I mean, it's kind of shocking that Adam Hart Mother, the Adam Hart Mother Suite, isn't their best song over twenty minutes, but it gets outdone on the next album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Not, uh, yeah, yes. So but good, yes, so that it is that. Oh, I'll, I'll wait till uh, one of us gets to it to bring it up. Yeah, uh, nobody's brought up that album yet, so yeah, we, we I, will get to it. We won't. Get into it. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> Mm. But uh, but we'll have a good jumping off point with my number nine. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. And George, your number ten. So here's a big difference so far. But I put uh, a saucer full of secrets as my number ten. And uh, yeah, lots of things I I like about this one. I mean, yeah, it is kind of starting to shake. Sid a little bit, but he's still very much a big presence on this. Oh, yeah. Um, Let There Be More Light is the opening track. It's really cool. Um, I actually heard a song by the Chemical Brothers back in the the 90s when they used to play music videos. You guys remember music videos on TV? Before (laughs) times. Yeah. On what? On what? Um, Music videos on TV? It was a song. Uh (laughs) Song by the Chemical Brothers called uh, Block Rock and Beats, and they had sampled the guitar riff from that track, Let There Be More Light. So definitely a cool use of a sample. But um, um, favorite track on here actually is the title track, A Saucer Full of Secrets. Again, another really cool, like, 
long electronic ambient piece that kind of like I really felt like what they were doing with ambient music and electronic music at this point is what really set the stage for like a lot of the early electronic acts, especially like the German bands that were kicking off the kind of electronic revolution. So the choir sections, when you get to like the church organs, you know, very, very cool. Like the choir sections that kind of come in a little later, just awesome. I, think that's a very underrated track but yes uh yeah only album only album the future all five members yes it is yes. so yes it is um <laughs> yeah not my favorite but i i feel it's a little underrated in the catalog so yeah, saucer full of secrets mm-hmm. number 10 for me cool mm. So my number nine. Oh, and my phone just went to sleep. Oh God. <laughs> oh, Wake it yeah, up. It, I, I, I actually remember what it is though. It is uh, obscured by clouds. Um, this is part of the trilogy of where they're really starting to find their sound. It's Adam Hart, Mother, the album I haven't brought up yet, and then obscured by clouds. So I, before I talked about the beginning of this trilogy, this is the ending of the trilogy. They're really finding themselves in these albums and. You can tell it's it's getting close to sinking in. I think in the middle album is where it really sinks in. And they get a little bit further away from that here, but then then you can see it all comes together after that. But Obscured by Clouds, lots of good stuff. Um, I, th- I think Childhood's End is my favorite. But yeah, most any track on here I can pick as a favorite. They're all pretty... Uh, I think they're all pretty equal. And it's a, always an album where I, I never really think of it, but when I put it on, I always enjoy it. Just being to end. Solidly good album. Uh, let's see. Uh, George, you're number nine. Number nine. Picked uh, Adam Hart Mother. It's my number nine. Yeah, pretty much... Everything you said about this, Bob, is kind of spot on with what I think about it. Um, the opening track is incredible. The Adam Hart Mother mm-hmm. Suite. I, I mean, as far as early Pink Floyd, like pre-Dark Side, it's easily like a top 10 track from that era. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fat Old Son kind of brings back kind of like the the orchestral parts with the the brass especially is really cool um and then alan's psychedelic breakfast i think that was an alan mm-hmm. alan parsons collaboration i think and they he would come back possibly yeah because i think he uh engineered this one and they used him again for dark side yeah i know he was heavily involved in that dark side documentary i watched and yeah they talked about him a lot <laughs> Yeah. Oh, in case you're wondering, it's Alan Parsons of Alan Parsons Project, if you're listening. <laughs> the same Alan Parsons that worked on the Let It Be sessions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and the uh, the Death Ray from Austin Powers, he also worked on yes. that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that of course. Well. Of course. Um, <laughs> that's, what he's infam- that's what he's infamous for. I Actually, I'm a huge fan. I recommend all of Alan Parsons. Alan Parsons yeah, Project's too. albums are awesome if you love floyd you you will love (laughs) those albums um yeah (laughs) very very bold album cover on this by the way 
Yes, yes, very <laughs> top secret esque before top secret was a thing. Right yeah. <laughs> this is where I could just it, slap it, anything on an album cover and make a statement, and I feel like that's what that is. <laughs> so. And uh, if you don't get the reference to Top Secret, that means you need to watch the movie Top Secret, early Val Kilmer comedy gold. And like, yes. <laughs> if you like Airplane, yeah. Naked Gun, same crew, you know, Hot check shot. that movie yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. So number nine. Uh, Bobby, your number Dark nine. Dark Side of the Moon. What? Oh, get out of here! Oh, oh, here yeah, it starts. Ah, okay. Um, I know controversial pick, but um, commercially, it is the best, one of the best selling albums ever. Like, just no argument ever right no yeah mm. now i i believe i read in an interview that roger once said that this song this album is kind of meant to be put and you know heard as a full piece not to be broken up this did have a lot of like single success too and i feel that that takes away a bit more from the full message of the album because it talks about you know one's greed and capitalism and you know kind of the record industry a little bit, but not really. Mm-hmm. That, that's at least what I feel the messages are, are behind this album. But, I mean, my favorite parts of it, I mean, are obviously, you know, uh, Any Color You Like, uh, Great Gig in the Sky, which is just amazing. Um, the singer on that, actually, I think uh, I want to say later sued to have a, like an album credit, like a writing credit on there. And oh, really? later pressings, no, she, really. yeah, because she only got a performance, but she also got a writing credit later on. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, fair. Well, I know they yeah. talked about how she went to the studio and like they didn't know what they want her doing. This had her experiment. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. essentially like, you know, writing on the spot. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's like writing and performing or improvising literally on the spot. Yeah. And as a singer, you know, their voice is their instrument. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I'm not ranking it low just to have it be like, oh, it's the commercially successful one. It needs to be this low because it's just mm-hmm. uh, no, no, it's nothing like well, that. Just it, it's just for me, it's it, it's it is the first album that I ever got into with them, so yeah. it's the one that I am definitely the most familiar with. I mean, if I was just hating it to hate on it, I would have put it at 15. But there's still like a <laughs> lot of great stuff on here that you know I have like a lot of fond attachment to. You know, like where I was the first time I ever heard it or, you know, any or fond, fond memories like that. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I hear it broken up a lot on the radio and I think back to that interview a lot and I go, man, that really does just defeat the whole purpose of it because I just kind of want to listen to the full album as a whole now. Mm-hmm. But that, that that's all. I feel that its success kind of hurts its message sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's a personal yeah. reason why. So, yeah. You see... <laughs> I, I thought I would I would uh I would get in trouble for our, I ranked that one, but <laughs> we're still a little bit away from it for me. <laughs> um, but it, it's also worth noting this is actually like this album was a huge dynamo, and yeah. it is actually not their most successful album. It's only their second most. It is their is... second. That's the f- that's right. But yeah, it's this this was huge. Um, but I will, I will definitely get to it more later. Uh, let's see. Oh, we are to my number nine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have done number nine yet. What the hell? <laughs> I'm being lazy. No, wait, I did number nine. Did yeah, you? I think I'm I last. Think we're on number eight. Yeah. Now. yeah, that was obscured. Yeah. Uh, so, George, is going to be your number eight. Okay. Number eight, I picked uh, the Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which I think is, as far as debut albums go, like this is a phenomenal debut album. Very much so. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's very heavy on the 60s production. Um, (laughs) I mean, and I only attribute that to just the limited technology, you know, at the time. And, um, but, you know, they, they made great use of it. Almost every song on here that they played live was like an extended version or an alternate take. So I think they kind of more doing um, more better in the live arena, I would say, than the studio. They kind of were known for their live shows back then and yeah, incorporating the visuals and the lights and kind of surround sound um, at the, the venues. Um, but yeah, just, again, I, I mentioned this earlier that the lyrics are kind of cute, kiddish, but very clever. Like I think Sid Barrett was a lyrical genius <laughs> musically, yeah. Yeah. musically, it's not over overly impressive, but they have a lot of interesting, um, instruments they incorporate like, uh, different types of like xylophones, uh, pianos organs interesting guitar effects um trying to like matilda mother has quite a few examples of odd instrumentation but anyways favorite song on this is lucifer sam the song about the cat (laughs) yes so well it's worth noting that this is their first album it's a very good first album but like if you've heard like a couple Pink Floyd songs on the radio and you're thinking, ooh, maybe I want to dive into Pink Floyd, I'll start with their first album. Probably oh, not your best move. Yeah, yeah don't no. don't start it, it is not yeah, this is not this is an introduction to a very different Pink Floyd. Yeah. Maybe not very different, but very but different. <laughs> and and I wouldn't end here either. Like definitely listen to this one oh yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a good album though. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bobby. <clears throat> uh, my number eight is also Piper of the Gates of Dawn. Uh, yeah, this, uh, it's definitely a perfect, uh, introductory album to, like, to the band themselves, if you're very familiar with the band already. And that, mm-hmm. I have to stress that part enough. <laughs> like, uh, there's a lot of great stuff on this album, like Astronomy Don Me, uh, Lucifer Sam, Interstellar Overdrive, Scarecrow, The Gnome, Bike Even. I do enjoy the goofiness of Bike. It's just, it's silly. Mm-hmm. It's silly, innocent fun. Um, uh, and even those early music videos that they made of stuff for you, like for Ar- Arnold Lane, which, like, if you think about the song, I mean, like, it was kind of super taboo. I'm, I'm getting my albums mixed up again. No, I'm not. I just kind of I was just saying time. Arnold Lane, and then I was thinking, wait a minute, am I getting my albums mixed up? No, no, Arnold Lane. They, oh yeah, they, Arnold Lane's yeah. on this one. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, 
same year, but I, I believe it's a single. It was, yeah. It's a single. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a single. Oh. It is a single. Yeah. Because okay. they, they had made a music video for uh, Arnold Lane, and they also made one for the Scarecrow. Or for Scarecrow, which uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen either of those videos? Yeah. I've seen bits of Scarecrow, I want to say. Okay. About yeah, the the Arnold Lane one is uh is kind of weird, but uh, mm. it's it's just what you would expect from Pink Floyd, you know. But yeah, yeah. like mm. a lot of the, the it's like well, like George had said, it's like very like the '60s influence is definitely there, and I mean, obviously the album was produced and made in the '60s, but like at the peak of psychedelic rock. But th- this album is just it's so unique in so many different ways like like the the experimentation in it is great like the many use of it, instruments like yet yeah, george you did hit on a lot of points i'm trying to find new other points to talk about and praise this yeah. album but like yeah like as i'm thinking of a musician's point and you just hit all the points so yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well it's, it's definitely uh we've all brought up piper now so it is at the end <laughs> piper's end my number eight is something that's been brought up way before then. I definitely enjoy more than you guys. Um, it's something I actually didn't enjoy a whole lot the first time I heard it, but listening to it more recently, I kind of dig it. And it is The Endless River. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of dig this album listening to it more recently. It's just <clears throat> great. Like, I, I hate to call it ambient stuff because it sounds like I'm dismissing it, but kind of is. But it's like, really fucking good ambient stuff like i just dig it um the allions uh allen's wise i I don't know how you pronounce it but it's like a a song that appears in different forms three times in there i like all three of those i i think those just sound so cool and yeah i just i just kind of dig this album it's i don't have a whole lot to say about except you know, it was obvious it came out later. They had Richard's stuff already record on it, and Nick and David just add to it. And, like, it just kind of works for me right now. I don't know if it's just where I'm at right now in my life, but I, I dig it. And <laughs> so next is number seven. Number seven. And, Bobby, you are kicking us off. All right, my number seven is The Division Bell. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this one normally I would have said would have been a bit lower for me, but upon uh, further review, I, this one really grew on me. Um, I I kind of like the growth in the band as with their sound at the time, you know, because they're progressing with the actual technology at the time this album's coming out. So the use of MIDI was definitely more predominant in this album than it was on mm-hmm on the previous album, which I'll get into later. But I, I really still enjoyed like the uh, song structure because unlike when Roger was at the helm, you know, like a lot of the albums had their own narrative, their own set story they were telling. But I felt like this was more of like a collection of stories because they, I believe this one, they seeked a lot of outside songwriters for this one. So it's not a lot that are written by David on this, but it's still a Pink Floyd album. <laughs> no, yeah, but I, I mean, re- I yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. 
I, oh, I was just going to say, I know David, uh, obviously David, Nick, and Richard were involved with this one, and David David was kind of at the helm of all these albums after Roger left. But, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, there was lots of writers involved. I, I think, um, and that's usually lyrically, because I think he always struggled yeah. with lyrics, but yeah. like, from a band perspective, I think, you know, those two albums, you know, had a lot of the musical contributions by the existing members, but yeah, the lyrics, about was kind of more Rogers arena previously. Mm-hmm. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, like I'd say definite highlights from this for me are, uh, uh, definitely marooned. It, though it's an instrumental, it's, it, it's a beautiful, like yeah. it kind of gives us a great taste of, uh, what's to come with endless river. But I mean, listening to it, you do really feel marooned and just isolated. Uh, what do you want from me? And is another great song on there. Uh, Coming back to life is another great one. They, we, the band, we saw how played that, and that was awesome. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. high hopes, and uh, keep talking. All right. Uh, number. Okay, so it goes to me. My number seven. I just looked at what was that? Oh, yeah. It's really close for me between number seven and number six. And my number seven ended up being metal. Uh. Metal is really a collection of some of the best and possibly the worst Pink Floyd song ever. <laughs> um, like, you have One of These Days and Echoes, which I would put in absolute top tier Pink Floyd, no question. Fearless and A Pillow of Winds, uh, really fucking good Pink Floyd. And then you have San Tropez, which is fine. And then Seamus, which is the worst thing I think they've ever done. Uh, but yeah, metal is really, it's, it's the middle part of that trilogy I was talking about where this really feels like where they really get it down. This is, this is Pink Floyd. This is the first one that I'd say is the album that kind of defines them later. Cause it's, it's good. Oh yeah. And also random note, this is Getty Lee of Rush favorite Pink Floyd album. Yeah. Mm. But yes, metal. Um, uh, George, what's your number seven? Metal. (laughs) 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 And twist. (laughs) I'm going to repeat what Bob said about this word for word. The best, actually, my all time favorite Pink Floyd song is Echoes. And my all-time least favorite Pink Floyd song is Seamus. So it's kind of odd in this guy. (laughs) Actually, I like Saint-Tropez, but... um, It's kind of catchy, but it's not one of their best. um, Pillow of Winds and Fearless are very good tracks. Uh, They're not, not, like, outstanding, but one of these days and Echoes are, like... It's, yeah, what Bob said. They are, like, top, top top-of-the-line Pink Floyd songs. I mean... Oh, absolutely top-tier, yeah. It's... It's mm-hmm. a, and I think one of these days is probably the most timeless track on here. It's just so mind bending. They and they have several of those from this point on. They have tracks on their albums where you listen to it. And it's like, given the time frame that it came out, it's like, how the hell did they come up with that? You know, yeah. that's when yeah. they really started getting into like the studio wizardry of, you know, manipulations and sequencing and. Um, electronics and coming up with different types of sounds by using guitar pedals incorrectly or whatever. It's it's just yeah, 
awesome metal number seven. Okay, so it's my turn mm -hmm. for number six. What? Oh, yeah. Bobby just brought up not that long ago. Big twist. Uh, my number six, and it is close between this and the metal because they're both really good, but I just ever so slightly edge towards this one, and it's the Division Bell. Oh. Uh, this is just, it's a damn fucking good album. Um, I don't know what else to say. I like, I like most of the albums, uh, most of the tracks. High Hopes are probably my favorite, but Marooned is great. Take It Back. Yeah. I don't know if that was the big single. I think Come Back to Life was the big single, but like Take It Back was the one I remember hearing on the radio a lot. I think it was Take It and Back. God, that's catchy yeah. and fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, What Do You Want From Me is awesome. All these tracks are awesome. Uh, it's just a good album. And it doesn't have Seamus, which I think <laughs> might have been a slight edge. It's just... Yeah. I don't know. Uh, quite frankly, if Seamus wasn't on metal, it definitely would have won. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Division Bell. It's a good one. Um, probably not cut up. Probably not brought up enough, but it's good. Uh, my number six picked uh, Animals. And uh, this was really, I don't know if you guys agreed, but it was really cool seeing this perform live like yeah oh yeah um mm. this isn't what I, I listen to regularly on its own but when we saw it perform live in its entirety that was really a lot of fun oh, um mm -hmm. so like musically this is an incredible album um the reason why i put it a little lower on the list i would have maybe put it a little higher um conceptually it's really good but i don't think it has a lot of the diversity of other albums like there's no really cool ballads or straight up sound I, I just kind of felt like they just came up with this concept and then rolled with it and it turned out great um my favorite track on i can't decide if it's pigs or sheep i i love the opening to pigs uh, so i'm gonna go with that you haven't gone to it yet but yeah those middle it's, three tracks yeah are so I, hard, highlights and, uh, it, 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 I, I found really a hard good. time picking <laughs> my favorite out of the three yeah, I feel Pigs on the Wing is kind of mm -hmm. weak, but the... the Well, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, the intro and outro. Just mm -hmm. incredible. The middle section of Sheep is also very yeah. cool when they started playing with vocoders, and which they would... And guitars at the end, I mean... Yeah, the guitar <laughs> riff at the end is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they they did some new... Definitely did some new things with this that they would revisit a little later. But yeah, an incredible artwork on that too huh. it's one of my favorite yeah. favorite album yeah. covers by them so yeah number six uh, wish Bobby, you were here six we're, we're getting into the deep we're getting into the, the we're, yeah. we're getting into the <laughs> yep. wish you were here yeah. number six um, now, not to be understated by the uh, Shine On suites from the beginning that like bookend this album, those are absolute fucking masterpieces all on their own. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of feel it's a shame that they had to be cut <laughs> into two pieces. Mm -hmm. And I love finding like uh, actual edits of them 
where people have either sliced both like or put two mp3s of it together and made it one full giant song i know that either like some or some record company or the band themselves released like a series of shine ons where it was like every different part of the suite as its own individual track and then at the end of it it had like all as one so it's like both songs piled on together interesting yeah. oh wow i mean um, I, I i know it was a long time back in the days of torrenting um i had downloaded <laughs> a torrent of it and it had that album on there but it's not on uh youtube music or i not on spotify that i've found so i think maybe somebody did it themselves and just added it to the file but it's yeah possible. but all right, so Shine On aside, this song still this album still has a lot of great stuff on there. And this is also still in the time when they really started incorporating a lot of like their live shows and making them way bigger and like grander, you know, with all the lights and everything and and their actual performance. Actually, I had read um while on tour for this, they would actually bring out a stand and put a microphone up next to a radio and tune into local frequencies before they'd start the the show or that song just like we saw the band do like Pink yeah. Floyd actually did that too so that's that's pretty cool but mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, it was hard for me to put it this low on the list because this song does have a lot this album does have a lot of great you know tracks on it you know uh, Welcome to the Machine is one of my favorites on here um have a cigar. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed not to hear that. I was I a little to... disappointed not to hear. <laughs> that was one of the, the ones machine. where I was like, I want. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's an yeah. all-time favorite. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, have a cigar. That's um, actually uh, doing some reading uh, for the list. I found out that that is actually meant to be like a sequel to Money. I could see that. No, really. I totally get it because yeah, it, yeah. it's the same narrative. But it's mm-hmm. like you know them just like hey. Yeah, you know, not, you made us a lot of money. How about you can make us some more? You know, by the way, which one's pink? Yeah. And I know that's mm-hmm. actually based because I know some record executive actually did say that to them. Like, asked them, you know, which one's yeah. pink? And a fun fact, that's Roy Harper on the lead vocal. Huh. That isn't either Roger or hmm. David there. Okay. There's a huh. demo version where I think David sings it. But yeah, the, yeah, the final version is Roy Harper. Okay. So, yeah. I didn't know I that. I did not know that. I didn't. I, I assumed <laughs> it was David. Number <laughs> five. Number five. I actually was in the process of fact checking my Roy Harper trivia. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the case, but I, yeah. not 90, I'm like 90% sure. Um, but yeah, number five, um, I picked the division bell. And, uh, God, there's I every time I listen to this, I forget how many good songs there is on this album. There are a yeah. lot um, of good ones. It, no. the, the track High Hopes, though, I would put that in my top 10 all time favorite Pink mm-hmm. Floyd songs. It's just uh, such a moving piece. Yeah. Um, And like you said, um, Bobby Marooned is just probably one of the best instrumentals they ever put out. Yeah. Um. I, I love keep talking, you know, I'm, if you can't tell I'm mm-hmm. huge on electronic music and that <laughs> was the perfect fusion of <laughs> electronica and rock in that track. Um, 
Yeah, Bob, I, I think you're right. I think Take It Back was the kind of the big single off of this. Um, but that I don't hear people talk about that. That usually when they talk about the singles, they talk about Come Back to Life. But God, I remember Take It Back on. Yeah, that and I, 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 I swear I've seen the music video quite a few times for that too. But it might it might be there's between UK charts and maybe US charts. that could very <laughs> well be. Um, and I think I heard this one pretty early on. This I think this was on the first handful of albums I heard by them. I think I heard it on cassette. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually I think this might have been one of the last ones I heard. Um, I don't um, remember. Again, uh, I think I listened to yeah. Also, one of my favorite album covers. Such an iconic album cover there. Yeah, it is fairly iconic. Like when you see that, you yeah. know what that yeah. is. You know, yeah. so. it's um, really one of my favorite parts of visiting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I think they have some of the props from that still. Like they yeah. have the faces. Nice. And um, yeah, fun fact about a lot of their album covers is they're they're not drawings. They are actually real photographs. Like yeah. these are things that were built um, in real life. Like this is, I think yeah, these are a structure. <laughs> statues, yep. Wow. And the I buildings you see that. in the background, mm. those are just, that's a distant shot. So yeah, it's. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure, and Bob, we talked about this in the Genesis video. Um, same team, I think, are Hick. Hypnosis, yeah. based out of the UK, did a lot of did a lot of okay. their sleeves. Uh, led by Storm Thorgerson, mm-hmm. it was like kind of a head nice. designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a lot of the Genesis sleeves and the Alan Parsons and Moody Blues and kind of like the big UK prog bands that were heavily involved in that. So, yep, yeah. Number five, my yes. number five pick is the Wall. Ooh, Ooh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, again, I'm a big fan of like when a band will like take a chance and actually like go for a full concept because I really consider this to be like one of their major full idea concept albums from pre preconception to you know final product even like with the tour and everything this is also the first like well not the first time but one of the first well, actually yeah this was like when they started making their uh they turned into a whole giant rock opera a whole big production they had a giant wall on mm-hmm. stage that the first set of the album which they would go and play in its entirety they would have it first uh you know the first set the wall would just be constructed <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and then for the second half, they would have a surrogate band, which uh, that album that came out with the fake masks. Yeah, so these studio musicians would wear those masks in front of the stage, posing as the band, while the real band was behind the wall playing. So, like for in the flesh, you know, we so we sent a surrogate band along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, like, Roger wanted this to be like a full media experience, you know, like. And, uh, yeah, this, so, uh, but when, uh, Roger first presented the idea to the band for, uh, a two way, he had two ideas, like a collection of demos for two ideas that he had for their next album. Uh, one was a collection of songs that he, uh, called bricks in the wall. And the other was another project that they passed on, but later that album would be recorded under Roger as a solo project called the pros and cons of hitchhiking. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Um, 
Yeah. So, yeah, with this one, you know, I I just really enjoy this album. Like, I think it's it is definitely a rock opera in every aspect of it. It is it has a lot of theatrical elements to it that I love, and uh, it's just a personal favorite of mine. So uh, that's why I have a place there. <laughs> so number mm. five, yeah, the wall. And I think it's to me. Yes. So my number five is. Can I come up with my number five? Oh, yeah. Number five. My number five is Dark Side. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon. This was their first really big album. Um, this is really where the sounds really came together. This is an album. Definitely, it's an experienced album. Like, you don't listen to tracks on this album. You listen to it from beginning yeah. to end. And it is so good uh picking tracks on it it's a little rough i kind of cheat and i go with uh brain damage eclipse because i feel like those two songs are really just one song and they flow together perfectly and i love yep. it it's a great closer they, they really do best transition and, song oh yeah yeah yes. best best transition but yeah, yeah it's such a great uh album i mean i enjoy money it's fun um breathe is a great uh, opener um great gig in the sky god the vocals in that are so good we brought up earlier yeah so goddamn good um but yeah this is just a classic album this is one of the best-selling albums for a reason <laughs> it's fantastic My number five? I already did my number five. Or number four. Number okay, four. Okay, okay. Okay. Number, sorry, sorry. I'm confused. I'm yeah, spreading my right. confusion to everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it? Um, momentary lapse of reason. Nice. Number four, yeah. Um I, I'm I'm a real big David Gilmore fan. I I think he has incredible like control of his own tone and expressing how his notes like emotionally and through his music and playing that way. And uh, this album really highlights a lot of it, though it, it through and through you can call it a solo David album. But it, it's just it's just too damn good. It has a lot of great tracks on it, like Terminal Frost, Sorrow. Uh, the big commercial hit off hit this, if I'm not mistaken, was Learning to Fly. Yeah, it was a big because I've seen the music video mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I want to say there was another one off of this. I'm turning away. I think I'm turning away. Did all right. Yeah, I mean yeah. There, there's a few stuff that I've in sorrow. Yes, sorrow is another one. If I didn't mention that, I will say though I do feel that the uh, new machine placed you know like both parts like a uh, book ending and terminal frost is jarring at a first listen. But like after a few more, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get used to hearing it, and it's kind of almost like a oh, I know what's coming up next, sort of mm -hmm. a thing. And uh, yet yeah, another it, movie it, is is also pretty decent. Yeah, I've always thought that um, thinking back to like the vocoder voices you hear in the middle of Sheep, mm -hmm. that like that idea of a new machine was like kind of like the continuation of that because it kind of has that robotic vocal effect and it kind of references welcome to the machine by title a little yeah. bit so yeah i thought that was a clever even if they're just bookend tracks but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I do know that they did uh re-release this album recently 
but uh, they uh, did it where Nick Mason wasn't really happy with the drum sound, so he recorded new drum parts for the whole album. Well, I think a lot of the original recording is lots of drum machine and maybe even guest musicians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the re-release is all Nick Mason. It's just Mm. all Nick Mason, and it's it's definitely worth a release. And it even has a new title branding on it. It's not that one. It's like all the beds in the desert and the and the hang glider just kind of off. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But I do like that original sound with the drum machines because it 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 kind of dates the album a little, but it kind of but I kind of really like the sound of it's punchier. Yeah, yeah, I just I, I really enjoy mm-hmm. the sound of keyboards and stuff, especially with Prague and even jam band music like that, like with that element in it and just with the key sounds. It's just I, I, I really enjoy it. So it's just kind of a personal favorite of mine. But yeah, nice. that is number four. And this will be animals, animals. It's something I didn't even think about till George brought up how uh, I feel like they are less experimental with this, but oh my god, it, I feel like it works so well. Like yeah. they know what they're going for, and they just kind of nail it in this one. Uh, yes, I would say "Pigs on the Wings" are definitely the weak parts of this album, but it's a forty-minute album, and I think those two songs together are around three minutes, <laughs> just about. Yeah. A very yeah, mild uh, complaint. <laughs> Yes, uh, I uh, probably actually my favorite track on here would probably be Dogs. Um, yeah, I just I really like it. It's it's the longest one on here, but it works. It it doesn't quite make the twenty minute club, but it's it, it's pretty close. In my drinking days, it's a, one of my favorite things to do was to go to a bar before I'd leave. I would play like a super long track on the jukebox, like either the Almond Brothers uh, Mountain Jam. But sometimes it would be Pink Floyd, and very rarely would they have Adam Hart Mother or Metal, you know? <laughs> but they always had animals, and they always had those yeah. three songs to pick. So depending on how my mood, you know, I I had my pick of three. Yeah. And it was mostly sheep. <laughs> well, I know... Uh, of I don't know which... I know I've heard pigs on the radio. I... I don't know if I've heard. I can't any say other I've one. heard any of those on the radio. I have heard I've definitely dogs. Heard pigs. I've... Really, I've heard uh-huh. dogs. It, but to be fair, it was NPR. So mm-hmm. I'm I, I. They were playing excerpts of it, and they were talking about like the recording industry at that time, and like prog mm-hmm. musicians and stuff, and so that like I kind of heard like, oh, okay, cool. It's NPR. I'm not surprised I'm hearing this on NPR. But yes. yeah, <laughs> that's that. But yeah, uh, other than that, I think I, I'll like, I'll probably hear Comfortably Numb more or Hey You. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, mm. Money. I'll very rarely mm-hmm. hear Us and Them. Very rarely. I occasionally hear Us and Very rarely, I'm... yeah. It's almost always another brick in the wall part too. It's almost always that, yeah. Yeah, yes. almost yes. always that. If you hear yeah. things, well, that's the thing. Like you listen to a classic rock station, you're gonna mostly get another brick in the wall part too. But you might get some of the other ones. You listen to like any like normal radio station, pretty much all you're getting is an hour break. I or have wish you were here. Mm-hmm. I've heard or Welcome to the here. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Welcome to the here. Machine on the radio before. I've 
Yeah, I've definitely. I heard, heard that high one hopes one. once, and I I, I stayed yeah. on the station. I was like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> Turn this up. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that was my number four, which brings us to George's number four. Ooh. <sighs> Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Momentary lapsus. Child, do you sacrifice? Um, I think this was actually the second one I heard. I'm pretty sure Dark Side was the first one I listened to, and this one kind of it reminded me a lot of Dark Side, but using kind of more modern type digital sounds like uh. And I think they even referenced that a bit with uh, one slip where they did kind of like digital alarm clocks at the beginning rather than the analog yeah. beginnings of time. Um, yeah. Yeah. On the turning away kind of felt like there's a lot of wish you were here in this too, like signs of life and on the turning away both feel like very wish you were here esque. But um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, like the songs are, are really strong on here. David's solos are really good. Um, it's a, it's a very moving album musically and you can tell he kind of struggles with the lyrics a bit, but like, um, especially I think yet another movie is my favorite cut on here. It's kind of has like this brooding, very brooding kind of vibe to it, but it has all these like pretty keyboards and saxophones. And then it kind of has like this tension built up at the end with like the Casablanca movie samples at the end. And then it kind mm-hmm. of segues in a round and round with this very uplifting, you know, minute and a half. And then some, yeah, it's just such an epic track on here. Um, the one slip just has a very cool groove to it. I've always loved that track. And I mean, I'm going to, I'll take this to my grave, to my grave here. Dogs of war. Yeah. Dogs of war has the best saxophone solo in any of the Pink Floyd songs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my <laughs> number four momentary. I, my immediate reaction to co- combat, oh, yeah, well, what about this song? And I stopped myself because that's not a Pink Floyd song. That is a Rolling Stone song. <laughs> <laughs> so never that, mind. That will slow you down. That one. All right, so, Bobby. Okay, so I'm leading off number three. Yeah, you are. Aha. Uh-huh. And my number three, actually, we're, we're so close. We're picking children. I can pretty much tell you immediately what my number three is. And it is Wish You Were Here. Do it. This is, this album does not have a single bad track on it. No, it does it not. It is classic Pink Floyd from beginning to end. Um, having to pick a favorite, I go with Welcome to the Machine. Uh, but I do enjoy Have a Cigar. Shine On is really great. Wish You Were Here might be my least favorite, but I don't know if it's technically my least favorite or if I've just heard it so much yeah. that I'm least interested I, in it. I might agree with you on that, Bob. Because <laughs> it, it's a really good it song. Is. Um, but, like, I'll listen to any, anything else on the album first, yeah. honestly. Um, it's... Yeah, I think Womb to Machine has to be my favorite, but, God, like... This might be a really great Pink Floyd starting record if we're talking about smart starting records because this it's just great Pink Floyd through and through. Just I don't know what else to say other than fantastic fucking. Oh album. yeah. 
I guess some of these are lining up a little bit. Wish you were here. Yeah. Um, I already turned. I already turned off that picture. How dare you? <laughs> I heard this one a little later. Um, there was a handful of CDs that a friend let me borrow. This was not one of them. So, um, but when I first heard this, I'm like, again, it's like they were the forefront of like studio technology and you know synths and guitar effects and like i I heard this and i'm like okay it's kind of blew me out blew me away quite a bit um welcome to the machine it's still mind-boggling how they achieved that type of sound at this time this was just what 75 on this one 1975 yeah yeah incredible Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible um shine on just absolute fantastic i i listen to the live versions a lot in the car it's part of like the delicate sound of thunder and pulse and all of that mm-hmm. <laughs> both of those are great so, cuts great cuts yeah. especially how delicate sounds of thunder mm-hmm. yeah every time it comes on uh brian says it reminds him of tron the opening <laughs> of it reminds him of the movie tron and, and, and that's probably true it, it's sure. like that hmm. i mean they you know, they were leading that type of futuristic sound that was starting to, you know, partake in, you know, all of the, like I said, the European electronic movement. A lot of new wave bands were taking note of their use of like synths and uh, like studio tricks and things like that. But absolutely, this is, wish you were here, I might agree with you, Bob, might be the weak track on here. It's just, it's a very stripped down and modest track compared to like these, you know, the rest of the album is just all heavy on technology and um mm-hmm. layering and stuff but that song is just stands it, it's it's a huge song for them too it's like you can't yeah yeah it's one of their classic standout tracks but you know it mm-hmm. feels a little out of place on the album but in a way that works i guess yeah it's it's weird like if i didn't hear it all the time and let's say have the cigar was the one i hear all the time I might have more of appreciation for it because it really does stand out as something different on the album. Right, right. But yeah, I do hear it all the time. And I think that that might diminish it in my mind, which might be unfortunate. It doesn't speak to the actual song quality, I don't think, because it is a great song. <laughs> but uh, also love the album art of the man shaking shaking oh, yeah. hands with mm. himself, but his other self was on fire. Mm. That's yeah. I, I love <laughs> yeah, that. It's, so beautiful. And then the label. Um, let me try to pull it out here. Another iconic image just on the label there is the two robotic hands shaking. Oh, nice. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Mm. Probably referencing kind of like the... Welcome kind to the of, machine. Yeah, the welcome to the machine, mm-hmm. all the like electronico they have on that. So, all right, I'll stop babbling. <laughs> Incredible album. How dare Number you? Three. How dare you talk about the album in this That's album it. ranking? <laughs> For sure here. Uh, Bobby, you're number three. Animals. Now, I my I did some research on this one. Um, I I think again, just they they had an idea, and Roger, you know, this is a time when Roger uh, uses his uh, powers of creativity for good, and you know, in turn, his alienation with touring, and you know, getting pissed off with fans because. You know, at the time they were uh, 
the tour they were doing, you know, it required a lot of setup and the only stadiums that could hold them were these giant arenas. So, you know, setup mm-hmm. took a long time. People started piling in a lot, you know, and they'd get bored waiting and, you know, they'd get, mm-hmm. so they would be partying while they're waiting for, for Pink Floyd to come on and they'd kind of be a little reckless. So there were a lot of cases on the tour leading up to this album where, you know, Roger was getting frustrated with the crowd, you know, and even on this tour, mm-hmm. too, like I think it was a Fourth of July thing where people kept shooting, sitting off fireworks in the middle of the, like the sets, <laughs> like yeah. pissing Roger off. But um, yes, but uh, I know that before they went to the studio, most of Dogs and Sheep were already complete and written. Pigs was the only one on this mm-hmm. album that was written with the idea behind the concept and for the concept of this album. Now for the album cover, it's interesting. Now they uh, put together a, a film crew of 14 still photographers and a helicopter and a marksman. Now the first day that they got this pig, this giant pig, because first, you know, Roger's idea of it was the same, you know, the pig floating in between the power company building. And, you know, they were saying, well, Roger, we could just superimpose it. We don't have to, like, get a pig or anything. Nope, Roger's like, we're getting a pig. They had one commission that was 30 feet long and 20 feet high. (laughs) So the first attempt that they got it, uh, the pig wouldn't inflate. So they got a couple of pictures, which later did become the liner notes uh, or the liner photos that we saw inside the album. Um, The second attempt, uh, the uh, production, the lead of it, uh, of the shoot failed to get a marksman for the day. So guess what happened? The pig got yeah. free, uh, flew over oh, near dear. the airport, mm. actually caused, gave the band a lot of good free press for the album. And it uh, crashed in a farmer's field, uh, somewhere around Kent. Now the third time the skies didn't look that great or clear blue skies like they were on the original day that they went to go shoot. So they ended up superimposing it anyways. But yes, um, you know, the album is great. Um, you know, wish you were here or sorry. Oh, that was my next notes. Ha! Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, uh, those. But yeah, favorite song on this. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite off of this. Like even with my next few right. rankings, it's hard for me to pick a favorite song off of it, except for my number two. I actually didn't know that they were going for a practical on this. And honestly, it really makes you miss the days where they could actually put a budget into an album. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. It's because there's no way they would give any money to anything like that. Be like, You're no way in that. Fuck you. you know, no, we're Photoshopping. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's so easy dude, with Photoshop to do anything you want to you do. And it's like you got to really appreciate the amount of effort and like yeah, just – Incredible photographs. Oh. I mean, albums. all my complaints about Roger, the f- I didn't know he actually was trying to get that actual pig in between those power. Yeah, I kind of respect uh, him a little bit uh, more after that. Smoke towers. That yeah. is, yeah, that is insane. No, fuck it, we're going to do it. <laughs> Dig it. <laughs> Number two pick is Dark Side of the Moon. Um, I think the first Pink Floyd album I heard... Um, and uh, yeah, the, Wish You Were Here has, I think, a more timeless sounding uh, studio work. But um, again, I was just absolutely blown away the first time I heard this. Couldn't believe that they were coming up with 
these type of sounds in 1973. It's, you know, like the electronics, the guitar effects. It's just incredible. Um, favorite song on here is Time. Um, and I feel like, too, this is one of their most diverse albums, too, of different styles. Like every track on here has its yeah. own unique style. And I, and I and it, really, yeah, I just. It all flows, too, which is kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of their, like you said, second best selling album, Bob, and for good reason. And if you're getting into the band, this is really where you should be starting. You know, yeah. it's, right. you, you know, it's for good reason why this this album is so popular and considered one of the best of all time it's it's yeah it's top tier not just for pink floyd but for for any band really so mm-hmm. yeah dark i style. brought up uh i brought up wish you were here as a good intro album but like this would probably be my number one pick for an intro oh yeah because yeah it, it was my introduction it was yeah. so it was my introduction and... as well it is the perfect intro album yep mm-hmm. so yeah number two Dark side. And and Bobby, you're number two. Metal. Because unlike you two heartless bastards, I love dogs. <laughs> so, you know. You love Seamus the dog? <laughs> uh, no, I, I will agree. It is the weakest song on the album. However, other than that, like, it, well, it, this is a good point. Um, you know, I could pick a favorite song on here, but how could I pick a favorite song that won't be outshadowed by Echoes? It's definitely yeah. that quintessential mm-hmm. sound. Like, when you think of Pink Floyd, you think of Echoes. And, like, so many different... I could pick any movement up there. Like, I could open it up on my player now. <laughs> Yeah, and any part of it is just like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So we don't want to get a strike, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any part of it, it's hard to pick a favorite song. So I mean, in the sense of it being a vinyl, that's definitely my favorite side of the album. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> like without hesitation. Uh, I, I, yeah, Apollo, Apollo of Winds, Fearless, Saint Tropez. They're they're great songs. They all have their own feel. Um, I actually really enjoy the guitar work in Seamus, like David's slide work. It's 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 mm-hmm. kind of cool. I I'm I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Somebody's dog was there, but <laughs> hey, it, it happened. It's a there. dog was in the studio for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cool. And yeah, of course, one of these days was something else that we retreated to with uh, the Wish You Were Here band. And, and man, that, that that's in the uh, review. I'd seen the, I've seen them a number of times. And that one definitely is always a treat. I think, I think out of all the times, they maybe, maybe once haven't played it. <laughs> no, really. That's cool. It's it a is. great. It really song. is. I and think instead they opted out and played "Run Like Hell" instead. It was mm-hmm. more wall-heavy tour. So I mean, you know, hey, that's that's also cool. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I didn't mm. get the trial. I, I'm still lo- wanting to see that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I'd want to see somebody cool. stand there and say with complete sense, like complete seriousness, you know, fills me with the urge to defecate. And with emotion, like I, I just, I, I'm still yeah. wanting to see that, you know. 
Now, um, in uh, 1990, Roger did play at the play the wall in Berlin, and I did listen to this while um, kind of doing it, and I kind of felt like, ah, you know, I've listened to these albums enough. I'm gonna kind of diverge a little and listen to like you know some of their individual stuff. And while getting through the end of that, I noticed a familiar voice at the beginning of the trial, and it was Tim Curry. That's right. Oh, oh, yeah. My. Yeah. 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 I, I, yes. <laughs> I've heard it's, that version. Yes, yes. It's just just so perfect. And also one of my favorite groups, the band, was featured in there because I was listening to Mother and I was going, that's Levon Helm and Rick Danko. I know Levon mm-hmm. Helm's voice anywhere. But that's also that was a fun uh, surprise treat. But yes, number two, metal. Um, of course, Echoes is perfect. Um, yeah. Also, mm. have you guys heard the um, uh, myth about it syncing up to like the last few minutes of uh, uh, 2001? No, no, I don't think so. No, I think I've only heard of the dark side. Dark with- side. With the yeah, Oz. I was about to say, I can't believe yeah. we haven't brought up the Dark Side with <laughs> Dark Side. Yeah, I, I, I totally Which, meant to, and that's like, what I was like alluding to earlier. That's what I was alluding to earlier, like, you know, one that when, when you first brought up Metal when, and you were talking about Echoes. And I was like, yeah, it's also something that, you know, later came from Myth of something else. But I've also heard Myths or like of, I think it's The Wall in Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. No. Which that one I, seems a little far stretched. That one is, yeah. and I've seen like the supposed like sync up list, and it's uh, fucking stretching there, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's um. Oh God, I forget exactly where you started. I think it's uh, as soon as uh, you know, he opened like the first open the pod bay doors, Hal. Mm-hmm. Or like no, at the final moments from uh, the whole final segment, where it just shows of Jupiter. Yeah, that final twenty-three minutes. So even as he's going through the monolith, it's right during that building jam of echoes. That do 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 do. Oh, also, fun fact about that guitar riff. Um, yeah, there was a didn't really turn into a lawsuit, but um, Andrew Lloyd Webber used it for later stage shows of Phantom of the Opera. Huh. So now, the you, first you time, know what? I, I'm hearing it now. Yeah. Yeah, like, totally the first time I heard, it, yeah I can hear I, that. When I heard Echoes the first time, I'm like, oh, this is Phantom of the Opera-esque. And then <laughs> I like, later found out that that segment in the play in some of the later movies was post-Echoes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> totally ripped that off. Oh, you totally... Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber's a huge. I, I heard Phantom later, and I was like, "God, that sounds familiar." <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it, like someone for. <laughs> I think there's a Roger Waters interview in a magazine or something where they just they dismissed it, but he was like, "I have more important things to do than sue fucking <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber," <laughs> <laughs> but they at least did not acknowledged it. So <laughs> classy, classy Roger. <laughs> Classy yeah, as ever. But uh, <laughs> since we're talking about syncing up, I'll always remember it was a line from Family Guy. Uh, I don't remember that. Like Mort, I think the name of this, this character. But for some reason, somebody's gonna stay over at his place, and he's like, "With his family, we do the same thing every night. We listen to the album Hotel California and see if it syncs up to any movies." 
No, I think it's we've been the doing this for news. years. I think and it's so the far. News. No, yeah, I think it was and the so far, no. news or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, uh, that sounds great. That sounds. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. With the dark side of the moon, then I've heard that like the rumor is that they had a they it was playing on a TV while they were recording. Like that. That's the rumor I've heard. Yeah, a, a, few, a few things lined up really nicely, but. Well, most of it doesn't. Well, I think it's like the second playthrough is when uh, they sing the line in time, like, listen, here said the man with the gun is when Tin Man has the gun and he's pointing it. I know that that's Mm. one that's supposedly lined up uh, the first playthrough of it, because I think with the full movie, it's like two and a half full listens of the album. Yeah, Uh, and you have to start start it at very specific points, otherwise it doesn't quite... Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think yeah. the most noteworthy thing is uh, when it becomes colors when uh, money starts. It's money, yeah. yeah. It's That's like the, the way first you cash tell. register, and, and it's right. like it sounds cool, but thematically does not match. At no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> no, and like I think the uh, Munchkins also kind of dance in the and beat with the drums. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting. <laughs> I I think it's all coincidence, really. Yeah, I, I really is. do too. Now and, I do believe a Munchkin's hanging in the back of in the background of that movie. I do believe in that. Yeah, Some people do, su- but that's that another far. subject for a whole other day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's yeah. discuss Wizard of Oz theories, people. Yeah, yes. <laughs> hey, we lured you in this far with Pink Floyd, and now we're talking Wizard of Oz. <laughs> all right. So has everyone done their number two? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have mine. Have I? No, have I have no. Not. You haven't. So yeah, I think yeah. we're up on you. I guess I'll go ahead and do my number two. Yes, this is my big controversial pick, everybody. It is momentary. I absolutely love this album. As far as albums I listen to the most by Pink Floyd, it, this is my number one uh, all the time. Like, if, honestly. There's so often where I'm like, I feel like listening to Pink Floyd, I'm going to pop momentary just because I know it so well. And I just enjoy it thoroughly. Um, This is a very interesting time in the band. It's most like the version I listen to. It's mostly just the uh, David stuff because like Richard came on later and I'm not sure what Nick. Nick wasn't there for all of it, though. And it might have just been because they were spotty recording sessions because... They were going through lots of legal battles because Roger didn't want them to use the name and he didn't want them to play any of their his old songs that he wrote for them. I think uh, Richard Wright, the, the reason why he wasn't featured as much as the others is there was some legality that he was technically not allowed in the band at the time. Yeah, he could only be oh, a session musician. Right. So they later... And I, I pointed this out. Your version of momentary Bob has the picture of the three of them where my, my mm-hmm. version only has the two Nick and uh, David really? pictured. Yeah. And you, your booklet had uh, the three of them in it. Cause they mm-hmm. later on when they reissued it, it was well past that mm-hmm. clause or whatever. So interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, Richard was, he technically quit, but he was really fired by Roger after the wall. Yeah. And nobody was happy with Roger after the final cut. I think they had all had their last straw. 
and Roger left, and they came back uh, to do this. It's mostly David, but God. Like, I've listened to a lot of David's solo stuff. This is so far and away better than any of his solo stuff. And I think like, that's why... It's not even close. It's not... I think Bob Ezrin, it was originally, yeah, going to be a David solo, but he's like, this is really, really, really good. Yeah. If you get the others mm-hmm. on board, this needs to be a Pink Floyd record. And I yeah. agree, like... I, I, the, the solo Pink Floyd members are fine on their mm-hmm. own, but yes, like the same thing with Roger. It's like, yeah, they're fine, but I, I wouldn't say any of the solo albums are better than any of the Pink Floyd albums. You know, it's no, not it's, at all. No. And yeah. And yeah, this, it was too good to not release it as a Pink Floyd album. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I think David Gilmore's self-titled solo album is good enough on its own, comparable to oh. some of like that time period stuff floyd sure i mean out of his solo albums i like it a lot better than about face on an island is an improvement but hey, yeah i was about to say on yeah. an island's pretty good i don't know yeah i think david has the strongest solo albums out of everybody and he has Possibly. the fewer too and he has the fewer too yeah and it that sounds about did it, right didn't both nick and richard perform on tracks on an island both. i think they might have I yeah. think, uh, yeah, and uh, I think also uh, Nick mostly would work with uh, Roger afterwards. He and Roger seem to still get along just fine. I will say what I saw from the documentaries of uh, the band, Nick seems like probably the most easygoing of the bunch. He doesn't, yeah. he seems like he's not talking about any drama. He was just kind of there and he's having fun. He's also um, the only Pink Floyd member to have appeared on every single studio release. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also very, um, very engaging with the, like the band's legacy. When they put up, you know, the 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 archival box sets, he's always doing yeah. the interviews, and people ask him about the different pieces, the demos, and the unreleased stuff. Oh yeah, you know, he'll always answer fan questions and stuff. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, well, no one else was willing to do it, so he's like, I kind of became the band's archivist and kept a hold of all of the tour posters, all the demo tapes, all of the the flyers. So like he was pretty much the go to person when they put these uh box sets together, which was really cool. But yeah, uh momentary probably my big uh controversial pick. You are starting off our number one. You're Woo number, number ones number one number one five is number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Hart mother. Yeah, I was about ready to say this one kind of surprised me looking at the numbers. <laughs> uh, That's good. And no, and this is one that I later discovered after years and years. Like this is probably one of the last albums by them, minus In This River, that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Well, In This River I, I, came out so much later well, that yeah, yeah, but almost yeah. doesn't count. But yeah, yeah, this one, I, I, I there's just. I, there's something about it. I, I can't really put it best into words. Like I just got this weird connection with it where I, I, I don't know. Music's a funny thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to where like, you know, a piece of music can just kind of grab you and like kind of really just take off. So that opening suite is just very beautiful. And mm-hmm. I'd say like you had both of you had mentioned both of this song and echoes are definitely like once you're into Floyd, like required listening. Yeah. yeah. 
top tired because top 10 I, material. Yeah. Yeah. This, that song, that opening suite, and this is like re listening to it probably for the first time in like maybe a couple of years or a couple of months recently when I re listened to it for this list. And I kind of just forgot how much I really just appreciate that piece in the beginning of the album. As opposed to like normally where it'll, most bands will put their big piece like at the end of the album, you know? So it's like a journey to get there. They just throw it right in your face right away. Like, yeah, here's what this is going to be about. And it's just this beautiful composition. And then it moves on to the actual tracks of the album. You know, it has like a If, which was a, that was a Roger Waters piece, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Summer 68 was David. And if I'm not, and uh, I want to say, what was that? What else is that? What's the, what else? The other track on there. That one's Psychedelic yeah. Breakfast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, was Nick. And I believe he recorded like uh, Alan or some of the roadies just talking about what he did, what he had for breakfast. <laughs> just kept recording them day after day, talking about it. And it shows like the experimental stuff that we'll definitely see more of like using samplings of like recordings and tape sampling that we'll later see utilized in Dark Side of the Moon. Like I really think that Metal and Adam Hart are definitely like a double album. Like they should be a double album. That's, yeah. That's it, fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, I noticed that yeah. listening to them, there's lots that's, of similarities. They were both that's why my number, big epic song. That's why my <laughs> number one and two, because I, yeah. I really want to put them both in the same tier because I feel like they could be a double album. Mm, that's interesting. Doubles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, but yes. And I mean, you know, just like with the psychedelic breakfast, you know, you have your weird. As opposed to just having a human being go on about some stuff, they recorded a fucking dog howling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you were. I'll absolutely... take the psychedelic Braxis before Seamus. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I I never really considered that, but yeah, yeah. totally. No, it's something I really noticed with the recent realist and how both Adam Art and Metal are structured very similar, yeah. except you know the the you have a, <laughs> yeah you have the giant song at the beginning of Adam Hart and then the giant song at the end of Metal, but like well, there's structurally the... it's very similar. Then huh? there's the, yeah, like you said, the experimental song, and then they have yeah. mm-hmm. one that's you know maybe a little more bluesy or jazzy, and a song that's a little more laid back. Like Pillow mm-hmm. of Winds or your yeah. if yeah. if would be the equivalent there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and San Tropez for uh, metal because that one I hear like a lot. I, I like almost like a reggae and uh, early honky tonk country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. With that little slide. Yeah, which I later yeah. hear in Ween stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for me to get to my number one, and it looks like George and I might be lining up on this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah, it's the wall. This is—I am a sucker for these huge concept albums, and this one—I <laughs> don't think it's my favorite album anymore. But for years, it was. It's still high up there. Like, if you asked me to make a top five album list, God, that'd be a hard list. But this would have to be on there. Um. It's an experience like all great Pink Floyd albums, like from beginning yeah. to end. Like, unlike a lot of their great albums, there are lots of throwaway songs in this. But yet, if you want to listen to the album from beginning to end, you you have to leave on those throwaway songs. They are part of the experience. Just on their own, they don't work. <laughs> but God, yeah, I love 
almost every single sound i want to say i don't know it's just this album just is goes so dark it's just a success story that goes drastically wrong and you can sell it's a lot of roger's feelings about how things are going with the band yeah but you can also feel like david has a strong influence here i know richard wasn't really able to get too much out in this one but like david still has a strong influence in this yeah and I feel like David really bounces out Roger perfectly here, which didn't really happen next time around. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's perfect. This is the perfect Roger Waters album, mainly because David is there to really rein it in. So the ego doesn't become too overpowering. And also the ego also kind of plays in this album a bit where it doesn't in final cut and it works a lot better. Yeah, it's like it's it's like definitely inward, like mm-hmm. kind of like the isolation aspect mm-hmm. of it. Yes. But it's it's kind of like directed towards it's it's outward thinking. But the root of the problems are all inward. But yeah, it's yeah. Yep. Uh, going for a favorite track. I've always gone to Comfortably Numb. Obviously, now Brick in the Wall is classic. Young Lust is classic. Um, hey You is classic. Goodbye Blue Sky is just a really dark, but really great song. Yeah. One of my turns is twisted as fuck. <laughs> em- empty Spaces yeah. has always been one of my favorites. Oh, Empty Spaces is great. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. of course, he brought The Trial already. Trial is like this <laughs> weird. It sounds like this twisted Disney song, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, and like the animation yeah. in the movie, too. Like it just mm-hmm. it just depicted it so perfectly, which yeah. even like the touring, like this is like the point when like this, these projections would be played on the wall while the band is performing um, like, behind it. Is anyone else um, talking about the trial? Yeah, like not Oingo Boingo, but pretty much like every Tim Burton movie that Danny Elfman did with lyrics sounds mm. a lot like The Trial, like that style yeah, of yeah. music. Yeah, Nightmare yeah, Before Christmas, that, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, great album. Oh yeah, and the movie. The movie is a trip. Yeah. Um, I it's. It's definitely not intro- the movie is not introductory Pink Floyd material, but like if you're a fan of Pink Floyd, you have to watch it because it's almost it's an experience. If you mm. go in and just kind of think that what you're watching are music videos for the individual songs, like it makes more more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there there is a story to it, but it is there is yeah. <laughs> Uh, should we just go ahead and uh, let you take over, George? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah, no surprise. That's my number one is the wall. Um, this was probably I, I I couldn't tell you the order of which I've heard these albums, but um, this was the first one I owned, and this is my nice. original copy. Um, I found Ooh. this at a flea market for like five bucks or something like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like uh, probably 25 years ago. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't have a record player at the time, but yeah, that that's my original copy right there. <laughs> um, 
favorite song, I'm going to agree with Bob. It's Comfortably Numb. I, I would say that would be my second favorite Floyd track right after Echoes. Mm. Just just a very moving track. The the orchestral oh, yeah. sounds in it work very well. And again, that's that's a track where the band just pulled it together. Like Roger and David contributed equally to the writing, the playing mm-hmm. with all the members. It's just such a moving piece. And it, even like the short songs, like yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider those throwaways. Even like something like Vera, it's only like a minute long, but like yeah. I, I feel the emotion behind behind the track. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like I hate calling them throwaways because within the context of the album, they work so goddamn well. Ugh. And even and even bring the boys back home, which just is like mm-hmm. a beautiful, like triumphant crescendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like oh, it's it's um, moving. <laughs> my some other favorites, I, I, empty spaces. Um, yeah, the live version and the version in the movie is a kind of like an extended version. Yeah, and it has the a few of those tracks had like the really, really weird and trippy, but very awesome animations by Gerald scarf. Mm-hmm. And I think the, yeah, the empty spaces or what shall we do now is, is sometimes called is the best, the best of those animations. Um, yeah, the movie's great. I love the movie. Everything about the album is, um, I felt like it's an, another one that just kind of influenced a lot of stuff after it, like everything that's yeah. kind of like dark or gothic rock or whatever have you, or dark brooding rock, you know, stems from that album. I think mm-hmm. it's such an influential album. And um, yeah. And like you, Bob, I am a sucker for double albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, I mean, it's you the know, same with Genesis. So. <laughs> same, you know, Genesis or Nine Inch Nails or whoever, or Smashing Pumpkins. I'm just a sucker for those well thought out double albums. Mm-hmm. And usually they don't put them out unless they're strong albums. But, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, I could talk about this album all night, but that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's my all time favorite. Yeah, it's it's the album where Roger listens to Lamb Lights Down on Broadway and says, I want to do that. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a classic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we already did this, but for you guys listening and watching, we're about ready to talk about our thoughts on the Wish You Were Here concert. Uh, yeah, that'll be coming up in a moment.
Hey, we get this guy out. Wish you were here. Pink Floyd tribute band. And now we're sitting very uncomfortably in the car to talk about it. Yes, we are. Kind of, kind of get our thoughts. Uh, what do you guys think? I <laughs> uh, loved it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> or you've seen, you've seen. Yeah, it I've seen them close to like yeah nine or ten now, or now seven or eight. I've lost count. <laughs> uh, uh, first time for you too, Bob. Yeah, I've not seen them before. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Mo most first timers here. Right. Yeah, it was good, really good. Sounds were authentic. Uh, they were spot on with the performances. Yeah, the lights were great too. Ooh, there oh, we spooky. are. Now we got some little spooky <laughs> yeah. lights. Going. Yeah, no, it was. Whoa. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and also a very impressive set that just spanned pretty much the entire career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most albums were. I mean, they're big, for. the big thing they talked about was doing all of Animals, which they did a great job with. Yeah. Um, I was shocked. I think they did like all of Dark Side except maybe On the Run. Oh, yeah, no. they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> which I think that may have been like hard to play live like maybe also backtrack anytime Pink Floyd played it yeah so yeah they just did a film with it I think yeah Usually well they did it. I, I think lots of Pink Floyd's probably hard to do live well, oh mean, yeah their guitarist is impressive their guitar very impressive but you both of them mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no it's great yeah and uh, the visuals were real Pink Floyd visuals yeah that were funny. no I, I, I like the visuals because it was like modernized Pink Floyd Kind of like yeah. a new generation doing Pink Floyd, which I like. I think yeah. they used the Division Bell backing films. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did from the uh, Pulse tour. Yeah, Pulse tour. Yeah. yeah. Something that surprised me is that we did get two Division Bell songs. I right. was thinking that maybe get one. Uh, something that disappointed me is that we got no momentary. Yeah, nothing which, for I mean, I'm in the minority there, how much I love that album. I, I, <laughs> I am too. I, mean, I, I, am a, I am a little disappointed we didn't get a learning to fly at least, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, Bob. I, I'm in that crew that really likes that album. Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. Well, on, on the their playlist of songs they sometimes do, they listed, uh, Terminal Frost and, uh, On the Turning Away. Yeah, God, I would, terminal frost. I would have yeah. loved Terminal Frost. Right. I'm turning away is fine, but a Terminal Frost would have been so cool. Terminal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have seen them play stuff from that before, like uh, a lot from Division Bell. Like, I know I've seen High Hopes, and I have seen. Oh, yeah. Before. High Hopes, hopes yeah. would have been amazing. Yeah, they yeah. did two from Division Bell, not High and Hopes. And Sorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sorrow was amazing. Oh. Uh, uh, any favorite songs? From the set? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that Pigs was pretty amazing. The Pigs yeah, was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, definitely the highlight. Um, Not because they brought their own inflatable pig out or anything. Yeah. But the inflatables were great. Yeah, yeah they, they did. Uh, You're not actually here. What are you doing? <laughs> well, no, the uh, first year that I saw them with the pig, they had brought up the pig, and it, it was told to me from the merch booth person that that is something that Roger had lent them. So that one might... Really? The, that, the one that I saw hammers on there. There's people flexing their engines. Yeah, we're, we're, in, we're literally parked on the side of the street. We are literally parked at, <laughs> near, we yeah, are literally parked a, near a certain university that has Saturday to have Saturday night on a the, campus university. Mm. Yeah, the campus has to have the There's no 18, 19 yes. year olds down here whatsoever. Well, I mean, Everything there are. you hear is just an illusion. Yeah. This isn't, Oh, know. I mean, th there may be, but they might have fake ideas. This, this is a soundproof booth. We <laughs> made it look like a car. We have <laughs> lights going on back there. It's a complete illusion. Called, it's called framing. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved it. Like, I did love the animals set. I thought they did a great they job. They did, with yeah. It. Yes. Um, God, Song Heights, I don't even know. 
maybe another breaking the wall, which I mean, I got yeah, so generic, were, but yeah, they were all I mean, great performances. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought comfortably numb was really good. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. just saying that was because the last song they played, and that's the freshest in my mind. Yeah, but it was a great. Well, comfortably numb is such a great. Song. It is, yeah, and um, it's yeah. always like a great one to, to end on because it's like a big guitar solo song. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, they had three guys up there playing guitar, so they could have easily just traded off. Yeah, yeah definitely. and the wish you were here bit with the radio, they've done that yeah. pretty much every time I've seen them. Mm -hmm. So it's like you see the radio, like, yep, show's getting near the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this no. could be one of two songs. It could yeah. be Wish You Were Here or One of My Turns. And I'm like, I think it's Wish You Were Here. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Have, they done, have you seen them do One of My Turns? I don't think so. That's okay. a deep cut. That yeah, that, that, that would be a deeper cut. I Although mean, they did play Fearless. It. Fearless it's is dark. kind of a deep cut. It is. Yeah, it's true. It, it yeah. is one yeah. that I do hear covered by other bands quite frequently. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I guess to me, I really don't consider them much of a deep cut but mm. I, I mean one of the past times pre-lockdown I saw them they did bust out a deep cut of Corporal Clegg which was amazing <laughs> that's, that's deep deep yeah that's, that, that's deep. amazing yeah. but they still played early stuff like, oh yeah they started like the set with uh, teases of uh, several small furry creatures yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah the actual opener was uh, set controls to the heart of the song <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the gong. Yeah, with the gong. Yeah. yeah. No bass, just Complete the gong. with the gong. That was yeah. the only song. They had the gong out there for opening and they hauled it out. Yep, that was it. <laughs> and even astronomy dronomy knew too. That that yeah. was oh. yeah. yeah, that was fun. <laughs> they weren't afraid of the deep cuts. No. But yeah. I I, I really liked it. Like uh Honestly, you're not going to ever get a real Pink Floyd reunion. You're not even going to get like this Pink Floyd. You're not even going to get you're never going to get Roger get. and David. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would settle for David and Nick. But yeah, even that I don't see happening anytime soon. <laughs> Unless it's for charity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Ukraine <laughs> song was pretty cool. I'll give them credit. Yeah, did you guys, did you guys see, yes. hear that? Yes, I have, I have not heard it yet. Yeah, new Pink Floyd track. Uh, the singers from Ukraine. It's yeah, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. Pretty awesome. Yeah, David has some good guitar solos. <laughs> but uh, windows and feet. Yeah, that's yeah true. That's true. David. David looks at guitar, and it's a good solo. <laughs> but yeah, wish you were here. Great. Cool. If you're ever in the uh, Ohio area, or you ever happen or to see them, you playing, happen to see them. You playing. love Pink Floyd. Yeah, you gotta check it out. You will not sure be disappointed. Here. Yeah. Mm. I actually did have a thought there. Oh, oh, throwing your thoughts. Throwing your thoughts. No, Phil is yeah. So Ashley, okay. this is her first concert. See, sheds. Wait, or, first concert ever? Yeah. They uh, said yeah. they, they said uh, they didn't want to be in the video. But now they have thoughts. Uh, no, <laughs> now I have opinions. <laughs> so I guess I don't think we've talked about the two uh, female singers that we saw. But oh, I thought yeah. they were very, yeah, they were, very good. They, they were, were good. fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and spot on with the great gig on the sky. <laughs> and I, I think they perform it better than the guest vocalist in the actual Pink Floyd tour. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah they it was pretty really good. It. It was that, pretty that's good. always a hard one because I've I've also seen other bands play that before, and it's mm -hmm. it's a hard like, mm -hmm. vocal piece to land. But they nail it. nailed it. And yeah. I also want to give props. They they I was wondering if they had a live saxophone player, and the answer was. Yes. 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 yes, he was great. And he looked like Steve Wilkos from Jerry Springer. Yes, he does. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and he plays a mean sax. Big, big <laughs> band. They had like four mm -hmm. guitar mm -hmm. players. Oh yeah, four people on guitar. No, they had more people there than Genesis did. Two people on keyboards. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah was... the other guy, I I noticed him in the bit, and I thought he was working a soundboard. At I thought first. he did too, but he was like, oh. But then when I saw yeah, Mike there, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, he's like swaying in rhythm. Oh, Which he's playing. Makes mm. sense because I think they had that size of a band for 
the most recent pink by recent like 87 and 94 tours oh didn't they do a little tour for endless river i don't think so i think they just released it and and david collect a paycheck well david and nick and probably richard's family yeah definitely richard's family but yeah but yeah awesome awesome pink floyd rocks yeah, I, I actually didn't go over uh, the ranking I came up with, bait, like averaging all our scores. Not quite averaging. I'll go over how I went over it, but I have a overall ranking of all our albums here. Mm. Let's hear your like judgmental an, thoughts like now. An average ranking? Kind of. <laughs> kind well, of. It's actually rather simple. So all I did was I took uh, however you ranked it, that's how many points I gave the album, and ranked them from uh, high score to low score. So mm. okay. So number fifteen would be Umaguma. Number fourteen is more. Number thirteen is Saucerful Secrets. Number yeah, thirteen twelve would be Endless River. Eleven would be Final Cut. Ten would be Obscured by Clouds. Nine would be Piper at the Gates of Dawn. So eight is Adam Hart Mother. Seven is Division uh, Bell. <laughs> Six is Dark Side, tied with Metal. I'm so surprised five you guys Dark put Dark Side so low. I'm very shocked yeah? by that. Yeah. It is classic, but I just it, think it, they have more it, classic. More it, <laughs> it, it, uh, agreed. And I also feel mm. like a lot of the um I I don't want to say like it's it, its popularity hurts it. But I kind of feel it does. What's really funny about our our <laughs> rankings, like I was like, oh, I love Momentary so much, but I feel like my opinion on this is going to be very controversial. Yeah. And it turned out Dark Side was the controversial. Yeah. Album <laughs> How here. dare you? Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> well, I was the one that went most controversial with Momentary. <laughs> but uh, number four was Animals, and then tied for two was Wish You Were Here a Momentary. I was shocked we all put that one really high. Um, yeah. And then number one was The Wall. Number one. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah. That is. I, that I'm is. not going to lie. It lined up way more than even I realized. <laughs> yeah, I was Two. actually surprised how many uh, you and I were on the same level with George. That I, I was actually mm-hmm. kind of surprised with some of those. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. And, and all the right. Thing, like, <laughs> it's like, I love these albums so much. And it's yeah. like... Mm-hmm. I can't disagree with anyone else's choices. Yeah. They're like, it's an awesome album. I can't disagree with you. <laughs> well, like I said, like even the bottom four here, like I said, the bottom four for my picks were definitely my least favorite, but I still, I can find things to really like about them. And then like 11 oh. through five or 11 through six for me, were all really close and all really good. Then oh. top five are just classics for me. Fun, yeah. fa- fun fact about Uma Guma, it was the last time the band was ever photographed on an album cover. Really? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, think, that, think about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't think oh, of another yeah. time. Yeah, none of the other... Fr- that was well, the last front cover to feature the band yeah. members. Yeah. yeah. The last only other one I can think of that, that even has them would be Piper. But that There's was a, their first, yeah. Saucerful has a very small photo of them, but they are in the the collage there on Saucerful. And, uh, oh. Dark Side, if, I, or if I'm not mistaken, Dark Side, it's when you open up the album and it's inside the jacket. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, big, I think uh, all of them have pictures of the band inside. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Dark Side has or, this fold out poster of the 
the band members doesn't yeah. if that counts not technically part mm-hmm. of the sleeve but well, hey, this, yeah. this one also has something that you could take out and fold out <laughs> sure sure <laughs> i mean it's not like a poster or anything but it still does have it i was surprised that it did when i bought it actually yeah i don't know if you could see it that well but it actually has a watermark of the two of them no oh, yeah wow. i can see it yeah. that's cool yeah very cool off topic, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt, but uh, I was busting out the wall, so I was like, "Oh, I at least got to get out one of the gems of the collection." <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we're just on a few traps. So, so next week we're going to be doing more of a normal format. Just going to be myself and Bobby again. Uh, what do we have lined up? We have Doctor uh, Mordred, which I Mordred, kept on calling yeah. Doctor Morden. Jeffrey Combs is Doctor Strange, if you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to watch I that I am one. very excited about this. We'll go ahead and catch up on four more episodes of Sense8. Yeah. And... Good show. Very good show. Oh, have you seen it, George? Yeah, I've seen all of it. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen parts of it, and I do enjoy it. This is my um, first time watching it. I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, what's... Oh, yes. Duh. The um... We're going to catch the unbearable weight of massive talent. The Nicolas Cage super self-aware movie that so far is getting really oh, good geez. reviews. So I'm excited to watch yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Okay. It looked like something fun to watch. And it's like, uh, hey, Bobby, you want to watch this? He's like, sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, I, I think I could be talked into that. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're interested in more album rankings in about a month, uh, George and I will be doing Tears for Fears and Garbage. And then I will do a concert review. That will just be me solo, possibly with my eldest child, if I can talk them into it. But <laughs> Yes, I will be absent that week. <laughs> but uh, you're not allowed to take a week off, Bobby. So I want oh. you to kind of... S- I'm going to give you a schedule. I want you to just kind of sit in the studio corner and just kind of stare. <laughs> just sit in my fabricated closet studio yeah. here. Make make sure to give you a couple hours to study where you just do nothing. and then <laughs> Just watch it. Make me watch just, just various things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I God, the album rankings are something different, so I really enjoy it. Um, uh, yeah, were we going to yeah. talk about the concert? I think we have to tell. No, we, we, we have to teleport. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add? Anyway. Uh, uh, other than what I said that night, no. I mean, it was a great yeah. time. It was an amazing. Yeah. I, well, yeah, time. actually, Excellent. there was. It was cool because I didn't know that was uh, your oldest uh, first time, like her first show, yeah, like ever. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you: Was there a few proud moments when you saw her actually really enjoying herself? Like in the second set? <laughs> uh, well, when she was talking about the uh, that thing they brought out. I don't even know how to describe it. But like the float they brought out for uh, Another Brick in the Wall. And she yeah. really dug that float. The schoolmaster? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and it yeah. was a cool float. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't realize how much she appreciated a great gig in the sky. But that was a great performance. Those vocals they got were so oh my god, god good. Yeah. And it was spot on. And I think I mentioned that yeah. during the the review it's like i they perform that better than some of the performance i've seen of the actual band doing it like doing having guest vocalists come out it's like they nailed it it's oh i've also 
I've also, well, I guess I could, uh, I didn't share this, but I'm just now remembering it. There was a time that I did witness another Pink Floyd tribute act. Um, it wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was yeah. bad. Um, they were called Dark Side of the Moon. Um, they at least stopped, did a full stop and start during Shine On about three times. Oh, geez. Oh, ouch. Ouch. I mean, first, to be fair, the first two were technical issues. Mm. But still. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we should explain here the was... third one. You need to play through. You need... <laughs> yeah, that's not a song that you stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Wish You Were Here is better. So if, you, if you're around the Ohio area and you ever see the a band coming to town on the marquee called Wish You Were Here, I strongly recommend them. Yeah, that they were great. I will be happy to check them out again. Same here. Yeah, absolutely. See how it's easy to see them multiple times. Yes, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I see what you mean. Well, it's also like as far as shows go, it's 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 not a pricey show at all. So oh. and, um, yeah, you could also great get band, a good t- great music. You could also get a good T-shirt collection going. Yeah, yeah, I got. Uh, <laughs> I got this one, which was apparently updated in 2014, because yeah, I know yours I, doesn't have Endless River in the, the circle here. <laughs> no, it's just a U, and uh, that I also bought that when I was much skinnier, so I might need to go see them and buy the newer <laughs> version of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, awesome, awesome band. And I like how we all wore appropriate shirts. Yes. I think I think George's is the coolest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He is the trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we'll we'll you'll hear our lovely voices next week and then yes. you'll hear george's lovely voice next month <laughs> everyone have a good one take care see everybody i want to go ahead and add some audio credits at the end here uh, the theme music you're hearing at the beginning and end of this podcast was uh, written and performed by George Johnson, a very good friend of mine. And my current Patreons are uh, Fel Martins, David Lara, and Lindsay Painkhurst. If you'd like to become a patron, go ahead and follow the link down below. Anything you can provide would be incredibly helpful to this channel. We're barely limping by right now. Uh, I'd love to make this my full-time job, but I'm miles away from that right now. So any help you could provide, just a dollar a month would be amazing. You know you want to. All your friends are doing it.